everyone. Welcome to Terra Nova with your host, Kendall, and my co-host, Jackie. Say hi, Jackie. Ghost high. <laughs> I don't think I'm ever going to get tired of that. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. Really, really good. Can't complain. Looking forward to talking about this movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. So... The movie for this week is The Girl with All the Gifts, the 2018 British horror film. And just to get us started, I'll give us a quick quick summary of the film, and then we'll kind of get into the fun parts of everything. This movie basically takes place in a time where zombies have kind of taken over the world, not in your normal Dawn of the Dead sense where you kind of unknown as to why everyone's infected or there's some weird virus. In this case, there's like a spore or a particular fungus that straps itself to people's brains and then make them kind of, they call them hungry. So they act out and they just start kind of eating people. And we start this film with this little girl named Melanie, who's kind of in this, like, it looks like almost an internment camp. And they are kind of testing and trying to come up with a cure. And the movie kind of follows her journey throughout this. So, first impressions, Jackie. How do you how do you feel about the movie? Um, I definitely liked it. Um, this was my second time actually watching it because the first time I saw it, I watched it with a friend of mine's. Um, she you know she knew it was based on the book, and I actually didn't fully understand it the first time. And then rewatching it the second time, it really made me see it for what it really was. Like, yeah, it's not a typical zombie movie there's more layers to this movie in particular what about you uh i i loved it <laughs> i'm just gonna say that i it's not hard to sell me on any horror film but especially one starring somebody black you got my attention right away <laughs> that that was that was easy i've literally only remembered this film existed because I, I think this year i saw it twice second time leading up into us recording this but the first time i saw the film it was just maybe about three or four months ago. And I was pretty much like, oh, yes, I remember this movie starring the, this little black girl. That was literally how I remembered the film. <laughs> I never knew what the movie was actually about. I think I heard in passing that it was based off a book. But I was mostly just drawn to the fact that the lead is a little black girl. I was like, that's awesome. You know, it's, you know, it is what it is. It's kind of, you read, it's rare that you see black people in a horror and they're not being killed in the first five minutes. You just even into this day, that's rare. So that yeah. immediately caught my attention. The little girl so cute. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And I believe this was her first role as well. This is her movie debut, the actress who played Melanie. Yes. Yes, the first one. Mm-hmm. It's the first one, if I recall, I remember seeing something a while back where it said, like, the, act, the director, when casting for the role of Melanie, he didn't consider race. Like, this role wasn't written with race in mind. I th- mm-hmm. Like even though it's it's based off of a book, in the book Melanie is white, and her teacher Helen is is actually black. But they said I think they said something along the lines of they were writing this story for this movie, along with the author that was writing the book, something kind of like that. Like the book wasn't finished yet, so they were kind of working in tandem to figure out the best way to end it and the best way for the plot to flow. And I think it worked really well. Yeah, it definitely did. It definitely, yeah. I agree with that statement. What were some of your favorite parts of the movie? Um, oh, there's so many. I think one of my favorite parts is um, when Glenn Close's character, who's Doctor, 
she starts talking to Melanie and tells her like, oh, um, and this is when like, so in the movie, they explain that they, they tend to take some of the children that are infected and they tend to dissect mm-hmm. them. So in this particular scene, Glenn Close is talking to, you know, Melanie and she's explaining to her why it's vital that she dissects her because she wants to find a cure. And mm-hmm. I just love how like that whole scene played out because she's not stupid. Melanie is like one of the rarest children that's very smart, very aware of what's going on. And, you know, she tends to tell her, like, she tends, she tends to play her off. Like, yeah, I'll do this. But at the same time, she's just like, I know what you're doing. I know what you're planning. <laughs> and that scene I loved, um, as well as the ending. I really thought the ending was really, like, poetic in a sense. Oh, we'll definitely talk about the ending. <laughs> Let's save that part for last. I know that's going to be a long discussion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about a few other parts and we'll get to that because the ending is, that's, that's a whole thing in of itself. Uh, one of my, I think one of my favorite scenes in this movie is the beginning, mm-hmm. just like the opening, kind of how it starts. With them, like, I, like I said, I came into this movie with no idea what the film was about. So just seeing this little girl kind of trapped into the, locked into this place, these guards are coming in, they're clearly terrified of her. By the way, they have the guns locked on her, like without without even flinching. They're just staring at her, strapping her to the chair. She's all welcoming, and she's like, "Good morning, Sergeant." And this editor, she's saying hello to everyone, and they all aren't necessarily happy to see her, but they're all terrified and have their guns pointed. And I was like, having no idea what the film was about. I was like, "What the hell is going on here?" Like, little girl got superpowers or something? <laughs> yeah. I was just like totally confused by that, but I, I like the intrigue of it because when they do finally get into why these kids kind of are special it, it was interesting and one thing i, I want to point out just in particular um i'm not sure if this is a plot device or just in in uh a natural occurrence that happens when your films aren't like super diverse and i've noticed this in a few different things that i've seen mm-hmm. uh whenever you have a cast or a yeah let's say cast whenever you have a cast and the cast is like 95 percent white and then there's like a black person especially if the black person is a lead my first thought is always, why is this character black? Like, what is so, spe- there's got to be something special about this character. It almost like sets you up for like, I guess, either the film or the series. Cause you're like, this character has to be special. Everyone else here is white. They didn't even like mix up the group. There's just like only one person of color in this entire space. There has to be something special about them. Mm. What, what do you think about that? I felt the same way too. Like, yeah, going into this, it, it did seem kind of weird at first. Because it was just like, yeah, why is she the center of all of this? Why is she so special? Like, why her? You know, and I did get that sense, especially, yeah, not just the cast, the children, too. All the kids yeah. that were in that, that whole place with her, they were all white. There was yeah. no one of color. She was the only one. And, yeah, I definitely felt the same way. I felt like it was like, like they had to do it for story. Like, that was the only way it was going to make sense, I guess, when they were directing the movie. Yeah, I, I guess that's what they were thinking. Because, like you said, the director didn't, didn't, didn't cast her with race in mind. So that just tells me, like, okay, either 
this film was intentionally not diverse or it was, they said, you know what, let's just flip it and make it this way so that she stands out even more because the only other character in like, I would say in that part of the film that was like not white is this actress at the beginning who was one of the soldiers. And uh, her name is Dominique Tipper. I only know her name because she's on one of my favorite science fiction shows, The Expanse. <laughs> I don't know if you haven't checked out that show. No. Uh, it's, if you're, I know you like, you like horror stuff. I know you like a bit of science fiction and all that stuff too. So I would, I highly recommend that show to anyone. The Expanse is really awesome. And she plays like a lead on that show. So that's why she stood out to me as well as being the, uh, probably the only other person of color in the, pretty much the movie. I, for the most part in the movie, because Kira, Karen as well, was black, so that that kind of stood out too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like I don't, yeah, like you said, like I don't think that was his intention to have it like that with, with the whole like you know, because in the book, um, yeah, like you said, like um, Melanie is white, you know, Helen is black. And then yeah. for them to swap it, like, I don't think it was his intention to make it into, like, a different type of movie. Because essentially, um, from reviews that I've read, it's literally the same as the story in the book. It's literally the yeah. same thing. The only difference is, yeah, the the swapping of the race and the ending. But everything else in between that, it's literally the same story nothing <laughs> different yeah that, that that was my understanding as well it's pretty much the same outside of that so i think it's a it's a pretty good it's a pretty interesting choice because mm-hmm. uh, you know especially when you hear people say like i can't think of this film without separating the race of the character i just i just can't like i said because of what i said like that's a huge reason as to why this film stood out to me it was because the lead was a little black girl and i was like oh i wonder what this is about so i can't really look at this film me personally i can't look at this film without looking at race in some way and of course that played into like almost every interaction in the film because the soldiers are calling people freaking abortions and all that stuff which it was very british but at the same time i was like oh damn and what do these kids do and even uh, even in finding out what these kids kind of are, you, in my opinion, you still have to feel some level of sympathy for them because oh, yeah. they're children. Mm-hmm. It just isn't their children. So yeah, especially it's not your normal zombie. <laughs> yeah, especially in that in the scene when they're um, <clears throat> I think they're locked away. I don't know if they're in the camp or they're in this abandoned hospital that they're hiding out. And mm-hmm. you know, Melanie acts as the doctor what am i like what am i exactly Mm -hmm. and he she explains to her like there was a series of women who were pregnant um when the whole thing started happening this whole you know pandemic i guess you could say and they said how she said that how when soldiers went to investigate they found all these pregnant women dead because they already had the infection inside of them so they yeah. they didn't they didn't really expect the ch- the babies to have it, but when they found the women, they realized that they were like their stomachs were hollowed out, and Melanie yeah. was just like, "Oh, were they eaten? Like did the the the, the, the um the zombies get them? The hungry did the hungries get them?" And she yeah. said, "No, it was the babies. They ate their mothers from the inside out, so they were always born that way." 
And that was just crazy. Cause I felt like for her to hear that, like, oh my God, that's where I came from. Like, it, I guess in a way, yeah, it was like terrifying for her, but also a shock to her, but also in, like interesting to her. Like she was just like, oh, okay. Cause Melanie was always like that. She was very interested in everything. She was very curious, curious about everything. Yeah, she was like, she was actually a kid, which was really, really, really well done by the actress and really well done by the story, in my opinion. Like, they're pretty much the whole story is you're watching her, in my opinion, anyway, you're watching her develop as a person mm-hmm. because uh, you don't, you don't, you don't at first, you're not at first aware of how much she knows about even the world that she's in till she gets outside. And, you know, you see all of the, the hungries breaking in and you see all of this chaos kind of unfolding. You can even tell by how she was reacting to it that she wasn't aware of what necessarily was going on. She just saw that the teacher was in danger and she wanted to help her teacher who has been really nice to her the whole way. And that that was really cool because my first time watching it, I didn't even think about the fact that the zombies didn't pay her, that the hungries didn't pay her any mind. That didn't even cross my mind for the first time I watched the film. Yeah, because you do forget that she's one of them. And I think in some instances, she kind of forgot that too. Cause like when she's strapped down in, in the, the laboratory, like you could see her like kind of freaking out. Like she was really freaking yeah. out. She was like, oh my God, oh my God. You know, like the first time watching it without knowing anything. Yeah. You're just like, oh my God, is, is it going to eat her? And then you do forget for a second that she's one of them. She's just like them. A little bit more intelligent, a little bit more aware. You know, her brain function isn't completely yeah. gone. But you do forget that she is one of them. Yeah. And even far, I would say far more in control than a lot of the other, oh, even yeah. some of the other kids. Because mm-hmm. that scene at the beginning, when uh, when the sergeant memory got mad at the teacher, he got mad at Helen for touching, for rubbing Melanie's head. And he was just like, well, why would you even do that? You know what they are. And then he, you know, he did the whole thing where he took off the blockers that they have to hide their scent so that the kids mm-hmm. don't freak out. He did that just to, to show her how, like, how much of a monster children were. All of the kids in the room freaked out except Melanie. She was, she, she looked terrified of the kids and wasn't even necessarily reacting the way they were reacting to his scent, which kind of told me you're, she's a next level of special compared to everybody else in this group because not only was she smarter when they were answering the questions, like it seemed like her cognitive memory was way stronger than all of the other kids there. But then she was also way more in control of her hunger. She wasn't just a wild animal. And she also warned them too. Like the first time, because oh, that sergeant was such a dick. I hated that guy. But <laughs> <laughs> like when he left her strapped in the chair and then you see Helen like, oh my God, what happened to you? And you see, you know, Helen's like trying to unstrap Melanie's to go back in her bed. And you see yeah. Melanie already reflexing because she smells Helen and you see yeah. her like trying to control her hunger but also telling Helen like you have to go get out of here get away from me now leave because she knew if I don't warn her I'm gonna be eating her and yeah. that too was different because even when they were traveling in the town the city to you know to get away from everything you know, they were in that bunker and, you know, the, 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 the sergeant are just like, oh, we have to go get food. And then you see her like kind of like, you know, fidgeting 
you know, fidgeting her body. And she was just like, I can smell you. I can smell all of you. I need food. I need food. <laughs> yeah. like, she kind of warned them ahead of time, like, I need to eat. If I don't eat, I'm going to eat all of you. So let me go <laughs> forward for food. And that that was also different from her. I mean, even the doctor that Glenn Close plays even said that how she's rare. She's a rarity. They've never seen a specimen like that before. Yeah. Did, how did you view um, Glenn Close's character? Like, did you like, think of her as a villain? Did you think of her as just like trying to do the, the best thing? How did you view her? I don't know. Like, I wouldn't say she was a villain. I mean, to to me, she felt like what we haven't seen already, where she would take any like any precaution, any risk necessary, just to get what she needs to get. Even if she doesn't get to the end result, yeah. she would just do it just because it's her tribe. And we've seen that today with, you know, some of the people around the world that they'll do anything <laughs> just to find truths or test things or try things out. And I don't know. Like, I didn't really see her as a villain. I just saw her as, like, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. But she was just like, I guess, an average doctor, I guess, that worked for the government that was just like, I yeah. have to do this just because. And you know, even when she yeah. tried to tell Melanie, like, this is for, I'm doing this to find a cure. And she even tried to manipulate her, where she was like, don't you want Helen to survive? Don't you want Helen to live? Yep. And but even then, Melanie was just like, I see through you. I'm not stupid. I know what you're trying to do. Yeah, she was definitely a super smart child. She she was more in, uh, inquisitive. She wanted answers to things. I really liked it was something I thought about over the time, but I really liked they, that they kept kind of having the conversation of whether or not Melanie was alive or dead or mm -hmm. undead. Mm -hmm. Because remember when she kind of gave her that question at the beginning, when she was just like, there's a cat in a box. And uh, is, the, is the cat dead or is it alive? She was like, well, can I use sound to figure that out? She was like, nope, no sound, nope shaking the box or anything like that like is the cat dead or alive and then later she kind of told her the answer and was like well you're the cat in the box like you're not dead or alive but she also seemed to kind of be holding back information about what that even meant because uh to get into some of the piece some of the part of like some of the parts near the end where she kind of where she questioned she kept questioning that along the way and when she did try to, you know, kind of try to get to Melanie with that final attempt to kind of make her sacrifice herself, the question wasn't necessarily should I or shouldn't I sacrifice herself. The question she asked her was, well, basically, based on everything that you've seen from me, do you think I'm dead or alive? And then and, and it seemed like the doctor knew all along, but she, she felt like this was her last hurrah. So she just told her and was like, no, you're alive. It's just different that you're alive. And I thought that was that was really interesting. Yeah, that changed the conversation entirely of like, why would you even want to sacrifice yourself? If you're the only difference is like you have a parasite in you. You're not dead. You're not an actual zombie. Mm -hmm. Even when um, when they're walking around the town and the doctor shows them the final phase of the parasite mm -hmm. that it literally turns you into a plant at the very end through your brain. Yeah. And she was telling her, she was like, she, I mean, Melanie asked her, is that what I'm going to become? 
And she, you know, thought there was just like, yes, when you reach the final phase, that's what's going to happen. And even at the end, when they're having that conversation before, you know, the whole ending happens, you know, she, she brings that up again. Doctor was just like, no, Melanie brings it up. And she was just like, you know, I'm going to, I'm only going to become what I just saw in the end, you know, a way to try to like walk around the doctor's conversation of you should sacrifice yourself. Like, again, she was so smart at playing yeah. her at her own game. Like, yeah, you're right. I'm going to turn <laughs> to a parasite anyway. I'm going to turn to this anyway. But she still knew that's not what she wanted because she had, yeah. she, well, she had a mind of herself. She had a thinking mind. And uh, I just love it. I love, I love the way she was written. Yeah, that little girl was like, Melanie was really done so well. She had the curiosity of a child. At the same time, the, I would say the observing skills of a child were just like learning how kind of how things work as they were unfolding. Like mm-hmm. she's asking the guy about the gun. He was like, oh, put on suppressors. She was like, what's that? He's like, it, it makes a gun less qu- less quiet, less blood spread, less likely to get the virus. She was like, oh, okay, thank you for answering that. And like she <laughs> she was doing that throughout the entire film. She would just ask about things and then was always happy to get an answer because it was like, you know, a part of me wonders, I'm not, like I didn't read the book, so maybe they express this in the book. A part of me wonders if her being infected, her having the fungus made her learn faster. Mm. Like, because she was, she... Kids are obviously very observant anyway, and kids pick up things very quickly. That, yeah. that part is true, but I wonder if that if that's accelerated even quicker because of the fungus. Yeah, I, I guess yeah, because I didn't read the book either, so they probably did elaborate on that more. Because it was kind of curious on like why she was so different. Because you know the other children were able to speak as well and communicate when Helen would give her lessons, but. It was so different because every time when they will quiz the children on like chemicals or the periodic table, Melanie knew everything. She knew the answers within seconds. Yeah. So I don't know if it was maybe the fungus or maybe she had a different mutation. Like it probably mutated into something else inside of her and we just never knew about it. Yeah, that would, that would probably make the most sense to me because just, I guess we can get into the ending a little bit more now before we get to some other questions. But with the ending in mind, like kind of how things unfold where you find out that she's not really dead or alive. Like, she, I mean, she's not really undead. She's like actually alive and just essentially, I guess you could say immune to what's happening in the world. It kind of made, when, when she made the final decision, I, just, I guess I'll get into it a little bit. When, when they found out about the spore, you get to the giant tower and you find out that like a lot of the hungries are essentially evolving and turn into this giant tower that has all of these spores that if released, they would then become airborne and pretty much infect anyone and just wipe out the human, human population entirely. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Melanie finally made the decision to just do that and she, she pretty much asked the doctor and she was just like, well, if you're telling me I'm alive, then why should we sacrifice ourselves for you? And which I was an awesome line. I was like, oh, that's dope. That was, that was such a dope line. And then she finally released everything. She released it. She set the tree of fire and released everything. I, I personally viewed it as she is the next step in evolution. That was how I viewed it. Even like before they got into the following scene where she's like teaching the kids 
English and all that stuff. I viewed it as she sees what they are, what the children are as a next step in human evolution. That was why she made that decision. She was like, oh, well, if you guys, it's like literally a parasite is eating the world. And then you find out that, let's say, 10% of the population is immune to that parasite. Instead of going, okay, great, let's try to save this, I don't know, let's say 5% of the population that's left from the original 100, why don't we then just groom the 10% that are evolving and keep evolving forward? That was kind of how I viewed it. But how did you view this the ending? I guess, yeah. I guess I would agree with that because, yeah, because that was the first time we saw... um, I forgot what they're called, the children she found. But they were hungries as well. I don't but think they, they have were a like, name for them, but yeah. Yeah, but like they were like a different type because they were kind of barbaric, but they were like a pack. They communicated with their grunts. Yeah. You know, they knew how to hunt and everything. And yeah, it was like another phase, I guess, of the virus. And um, yeah, that I did think of it that way like yeah like why sacrifice a whole bunch of people instead of saving this bunch because even when she was doing her practice the doctor even when she was doing her her her, her um her testing and you know sacrificing the children you know we find out later on where all the children go that she dissects them you know like tours out their brains or any body parts to like study them it's like why do that to a child if you're not going to get anywhere instead of like studying this this small amount that has like surpassed the virus in a sense like they became another phase another mutation where they're not as affected as the other ones are so yeah yeah yeah, that made that made that would that made more sense to me. And I'm, a, uh, I'm of course, it's probably because of you know the way the story is written, where these kids aren't just like mindless creatures like gone to the dead or Walking Dead or something like that. You know, in that case, you think and shoot them in the head, <laughs> like child or not. If it's a zombie of that type, you're like, ah, well, just kill it. Like, let's just move on. But knowing that these are like thinking, walking, talking creatures. You you want to treat them differently. That's where the humanity of the situation comes in. When you go, we can't just like off them like monsters. They're they're human. They're like they are human. They're just different. They're different, but they're definitely human. It's uh, yeah. It's, it's it's a really sticky situation to be to be in. It's also. like Helen. Yeah, it's like Helen because Helen was the only one that saw them for what they really are. You know, everyone else in that whole camp saw them as specimens as creatures as monsters she was the only one who saw them as children she was just like no you know i don't want to do this anymore i don't want to dissect any more children i don't want to like have these children killed she always referred to them as children she was the only one that referred to them as children as people um and they didn't mention it well they hinted it at it i don't know if you missed that but in the book um, Helen actually accidentally killed a child once. And in mm. the movie, when she's talking to the sergeant about things, no, no, not the sergeant, it was the doctor. Was it? I don't know. She was talking to somebody. And she had asked him, Have you ever killed a child before? And he just looked at her I like. Didn't, I didn't, I missed that. Yeah, like she had asked him and. 
I forgot what he answered. I think he answered yes, or he just looked at her like, I'm in this field of work. What do you think? You know, I have to protect the people yeah. from Hungary. So what do you think? And, but yeah, like in the book, she has accidentally killed a child and she's always been so regretful of that, which explains why she is the way she is with the children, more sympathetic, more caring, more nurturing to them, because I think that really traumatized her. And that's, I think that also explains why, again, like she saw them as children, not as monsters. Yeah, it had to. Plus, you know, being a teacher, being a teacher is one of, I would say, the most nurturing professions you can possibly have. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like to this day, it's like teachers always go even I you could say probably even some of the worst teachers, but they usually go above and beyond for a child. That's just kind of a part of it. We, we unfortunately, you know, society doesn't pay teachers well, but we definitely rely on them as a society. Like without them, who teaches the kids English, who teaches kids how to read, who teaches kids how to write? Yeah, I mean, I Which, was in daycare. Uh, I mean, I worked in daycare. Yeah. So, yeah, my job was to children. How to say their ABCs, their numbers, their colors, their shapes. And the look on their faces when they would get excited, <laughs> when they would get things right, like, that made me happy. Just seeing them, like, they were so happy they got the answer <laughs> right. Like, yeah. But that's what I liked about that, too. Like, it kind of humanized her as well. Because she was different as well, Helen. She wasn't like the sergeants. She mm-hmm. wasn't like a doctor. She was she was the only one that saw them for who they were. She basically had morale in a sense versus everyone else. Yeah. Yeah, I would say the, uh, the only other character that I really started to feel that way too was uh, Kieran, the other soldier that was there. So by the end, it was only like two soldiers, pretty much the sergeant and the uh, one of his... Uh, his, one of his, his uh, I guess you could just call like infantry rank, probably soldier. Like it was just pretty much those two. And even Kieran, by the end, you, you could tell he had a really close relationship with Melanie. Because, uh, he was, she was like reading him a story. He was, he was actually kind of hanging out with her a bit. And you could see he was kind of like, oh, she, she seems pretty chill. Even from the beginning, he seemed pretty chill about it. Like he was, he, he remember at the beginning when they were strapping her into the chair, he kind of made the mistake and then Melanie corrected him. And then the other lady who was there was kind of like, mm-hmm. you idiot. She knows the protocol better than you do. But I think a, a, a part of it probably was him kind of like, this was a damn kid. <laughs> like, yeah. How much precaution do we need to take against a child? That's, that's probably what could have been the reason why he made that error. He didn't think much of it, especially when it's talking to you so nicely. Also but because, by the end yeah. of the film, they, yeah, got it, sorry. No, same, but I was just going to um, add on to what you're saying. Like, yeah, because essentially she, again, like she wasn't a threat. She was different from the other children, you know? I'm, I'm yeah. sure he, he's gone, he's gone, he's gone toe to toe with some kids that try to eat him, try to bite him, you know? And there's <laughs> Melanie who does none of that. She's just like, be like, well, come on, Asa, you know? Like, she's just like that every morning. <laughs> so, yeah, that could have been why also... That he felt like, okay, she's different. She's not a monster. She could she could kill yeah. me, but she's not dangerous in a sense. Yeah, and by the end, you can tell she had such a relationship with him that she was so worried when he went off. And she was like, oh, I saw these kids, and they, they, they spotted him. They're probably going to go after him. We need to go right now. And everyone else is trying to, like, come up with a plan. She's like, no, no, we don't have time for this. Like, we need to go right now before something happens to him. Mm-hmm. Which I think she would have did that for anyone because that just seems like that's how Melanie was. But she definitely seemed like she had a good relationship with Karen. 
Oh, no, most definitely. Yeah. I love that part. I mean, it was sad. It was bittersweet. But like, yeah, she saw and she recognized when the children were communicating with each other. But she was just like, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. And, you know, yeah, because I think at one point the sergeant was taking a long time. I guess because he was just like, oh, this child is man rambling, whatever. But she's like, no, this is serious. We have to go save him. They're going to kill yeah. him. We have to go. And she was just like, just follow me. I have the sense. I could follow him. I could send him out. Like, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was really sad, that part. It was sad. And even the scene, like the scene where they show him die, it's sad. And it also, even in that moment, even in death, you see he didn't want to kill kids. <laughs> oh yeah because the kid started attacking him at first he saw the kid and he was just like oh the kid was trying to give him a rat and he was like nah man i'm i'm good you can have that <laughs> but you need, you need some help i can help you out if you need help and of course they were trying to like lure him into a trap so they could jump him but he was he was kind of like nah chill like calm down like let's not take it there and then they attacked him and he was like yo calm down like let's 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 be easy here and they still kept attacking he pulled out the grenade remember he was like if i blow he they didn't speak english so he was just kind of like if i let this go we'll all blow up and they kind of came towards him anyway and he was just like come on man i don't want to do this and then he just died he could have killed all of those kids but even he didn't want to do that yeah i think yeah because i guess it goes back to what you were saying to like his 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 relationship with Melanie, the time being spent with her, seeing how she is, seeing the fact that you know she's not so bad, <laughs> you know, because there was one yeah. sergeant, there was one sergeant with them that was traveling with them who you know got infected, but he used to treat her like crap because every time when she would ask questions, he would be like, "You want me to shoot it, sir? You want me to kill it?" Oh yeah, I'm just like, dude. <laughs> Relax. She's strapped. She has a mask on. She can't bite you, bro. What are you scared of? Yeah, she had a mask on and she was handcuffed. Mm. <laughs> yeah, he didn't last very long, though. <laughs> yeah, even then, he was just like, I'm not affected, sir. He was like, wait, wait. That, too, <laughs> I, I kind of want to talk about because um, we've seen this in so many zombie apocalypse movies the duration it takes mm -hmm. for an infection to turn you into a zombie. Mm -hmm. In this one, it took within seconds. You know, sometimes it takes a minute, sometimes an hour, but this one took within seconds. One bite, one scratch, that's it. You're gone. You're infected. That's yeah, it. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think the only movie I've seen that done in is Train to Busan. That was the only other time I ever saw oh, that, yeah. where you get bit and you're turned within seconds. So that's something different too yeah. with Girl with All the Gifts. Yeah, that was definitely different. Train to Poussin, we definitely don't have to review that at one point because that movie is awesome too. <laughs> that movie was really good. I'm not so watching that again. <laughs> it's too much. I cried three times. Yeah. <laughs> It's a, it's, it definitely pulls at the heartstrings on top of all of the drama and, everything, and the good action that comes with it. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll figure something out for it because that movie is totally worth it. But uh, yeah, back to this, you're right. They do they did turn incredibly quick. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it took like zero time. And the way on the way they overran that base, I was I was watching it with, uh, I was watching it with Anastasia, and I was a part of me laughed when they were taking over the base because I was I said to her, I said, Do you know how much fun it must be to be like a zombie extra? 
<laughs> like, you know how much fun that must be as a gig? Like, you just go into makeup, they throw all this crazy stuff on you, you look insanely bloody, and they all you have, the camera's not even focused on you. You just have to run out there like a lunatic, screaming, making noise, grab somebody, and just take, like, your body gun. That has to be a great job. <laughs> I mean, look at Walking Dead. Look how so many people were so happy that they were dead. They're like, I get to turn to a zombie? Awesome! Like, that was the one thing they look forward to. Like, I get to be a zombie. Best job ever. Yeah, it seems like a cool job. Like, the makeup and all that stuff is usually awesome. And especially since these weren't, like, slow zombies. These zombies were running. Mm -hmm. So that just made it even cooler. Mm -hmm. I definitely like, like yeah. <laughs> I definitely like these zombies. Because, like, again, comparing to other zombie movies that we've seen, I've seen a lot of zombie movies. I also love zombie movies. Mm -hmm. um, the way Same. they were. Not just the infection being super fast, but the way they would just walk around and you hear their teeth. The way their teeth was biting mm -hmm. against each other, or like that noise they were making, I've never seen that yeah. in any zombie movie. That was different as well, and I actually liked that. It was like, it was like a nervous tick they had. Where they would just walk around, you just hear their teeth, yeah. you know, like, like you know, against each other. Like that was totally different, and also kind of like creepy too. Because imagine walking around, all you hear is that noise. You're just like, oh my god, it's the hungries! It's the hungries! They're around, <laughs> like <laughs> creepy. Yeah, and even even that term, the hungries, like that to me, that sounds scarier than zombies. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Like hungry, it just tells me they, they just never have, they have a bottomless pit of a stomach. They're never full. They just always want something to eat, and that's fucking scary. I mean, essentially, that is what a zombie is, <laughs> you know? Yeah. They're never satisfied. They're always eating. Um, also, another thing to point out was when they came across that, I think, an alleyway where they saw all those zombies standing just standing still mm -hmm. and they were like let's be quiet let's not make any noises and i like that because it kind of goes gives a throwback to like other zombie movies where you can't make noise um yeah you can't like hit them or touch them or anything because then they'll know they'll know like okay yeah but your senses you know like that part was so frightening and creepy. I would not know what to do with that. I would just be freaking out. I'd be like, you guys go ahead. I'm going to stay back here. Let's see what happens. Um, <laughs> like, And then, you know, there was a zombie that had a carriage. And she was just, yeah. you know, rolling with it, with the baby. Well, baby was not a baby. It was a freaking rat. But... Um, yeah, like, it was just weird because, like, at one point, I think, you know, the doctor, Glenn Close character, kind of wanted to, like, investigate the, the, that zombie particularly because I guess she was just like, why is she using that character? Yep. Is that because she remembered something? Is it something she's recalling? And it reminds me of other, like, new age zombie movies where sometimes you will see a zombie doing something that they're used to doing when they were alive and they'll just end up doing mm -hmm. it no apparent reason and you're like always wondering is that memory is that something that they remember like i thought it was pretty interesting when they showed that 
Yeah, that scene that scene was definitely interesting to me too, because uh, uh, part of me think it, I'm not I'm thinking about it even deeper now. A part of me wonders is the fungus just like obviously but it turns it mental is pretty terrifying. But I wonder if it it just slows down their cognitive abilities, mm-hmm. like if it just makes it really slow. And that's why the response is the maybe the way it was, because one, that scene, that whole walking through the plaza and all of the zombies are standing still. I've the one I've never seen a scene like that in a horror movie. Like I've seen scenes, we've all seen scenes of zombie movies where the group of people are trying to stay quiet, but never in a way, at least that I can recall, where they're literally walking and weaving through a crowd of zombies. And they're just saying, as long as we don't make noise, we'll be fine. Have you ever seen anything like that before? No, not like that where they're not covered because yeah um what is it okay, i know in walking dead they did that but they were covered in blood to hide their scent yep and then in train to busan they kind of tried that but in the dark because they were like if they don't see us yeah they can't hunt us so that was the first time yeah i've never seen that where they're not covered and it's not dark it was broad daylight there was yeah. sunlight <laughs> And they were just like, let's just be quiet. Let's just like, if we don't move too much, they won't notice. It, you know, that reminds me of Silent Hill. Um, yeah. Because yeah. that's how yeah, it is. Yeah, like in the game and in the movie where, I mean, they were kind of attracted by light. But like, if you don't move and there's no light shown, like those freaking nurses that try to kill you, they can't find you they can't sense you they'll just like stand there making noise it's the scariest thing ever but that's what that reminds me of you know where they're just like she's just like walking past them very slowly without touching them like that was pretty clever though like it kind of shows too like how different this is from any other zombie movie yeah it definitely set, it, set the world up to be an entirely different thing because I honestly, I, I'm going to read this book when I get a chance because uh, the story has got me interested enough to read the book. And I'm just kind of I'm wondering what else they probably couldn't add into the movie because mm-hmm. I was really curious how they were able to walk through them. And I know sound was obviously a component of it, but at the same time, you're like walking through zombies. So I'm kind of curious why that would even be possible. Like, is it just that they're slowed down? And remember, even when a few woke up, it was only like a few, like not the whole room, which it was clearly surrounded, maybe like two or three, like about a time. And it was, I'm wondering if it was, they were just delayed reactions or if there was a particular reason why they kind of acted in that way. Yeah, it definitely has a good question because obviously they're walking around the wilderness. They're going from the wilderness. They're going to this abandoned place. They don't have certain tools. They will have in a base like the, um, mm-hmm the cream they would use to hide their scent. I'm surprised when they were doing that, none of them turned their heads and be like, <sighs> you know, because obviously they yeah. smell, they smell. Even Melanie is just like, you know, I can smell you guys, but it could also be the fact that they fed because when Melanie feeds, all those impulses go away. They shut down. She no longer yeah. senses them. She no longer smells them. She's full she's content she doesn't have to eat you know so it could be that too like in a sense where maybe they're full maybe that's why they don't have the need you know to to feed but it Mm -hmm. could be also part of the fungus like like i said like it 
there was prob- probably some of them had like a really weird mutation already growing in their brains. Yeah, because that, that's pretty much what the fungus was. It was more of a mutation than anything else. So it probably definitely affected everyone differently despite them being, infect- being infected. It was, yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's a really, it sets up a really, really interesting world. And it wasn't, the whole film was really cool, but I, I, I like that it's not, it's just not a typical zombie movie. Like I will remember this film, one for the really cute lead. <laughs> the little girl is very cute and she was awesome. And British people, their accents always stand out. So that that's a reason to remember it of itself. But then it's, it's not a zombie movie that's about killing zombies. Like most zombie films are just about kill, how do we survive this night? How do we survive to this? And then the movie essentially, every zombie movie essentially ends with like a big hurrah of like, hey, we made it to this island where there may not be zombies or we made it to this location that may give us freedom. But this film, you could call it good or bad, but this film essentially doesn't really doesn't really lend you to where it's going to go. Like, you know, like, well, they could end up at another base and it could be something like that, or they could end up here or there. And none of that really happened at all. They, they essentially found a mobile lab in another city. And that was like, that wasn't the final destination, but that was the setting for the final destination, which normally you don't get that in most zombie movies. Remember Dawn of the Dead, which I love, the one where they were in the, I think it was a recent remake where they were in the mall. Like 90% of the movie. I love that movie, too. That movie is awesome. I love both. Like 90% of that movie. Mm -hmm. Huh? No, I'm saying I love both versions, the original and the remake. Oh, yeah. They're they're classics to this day. I could watch either one of them. But uh, in the remake, they were in the mall for 90% of the film, and then they made like one dash, and that was kind of it. But this film definitely didn't do that. And it it seemed like it was more about the humanity of the situation and how. They didn't have to do much convincing to me, but essentially convincing you how much Melanie deserved a chance to figure out her own future. That's yeah. really what it seemed like it came down to. It, it was kinda, like, you're the new hope. Yeah. <laughs> Star Wars reference. <laughs> <laughs> or, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I'm going to cut you off. Um, no, I was saying that it, it kind of reversed the roles, you know, like in terms of a zombie movie where the zombies weren't the monsters humans were in this one you know yeah that those who those were the real monsters you know the doctor wanting to experiment on these children you know who are different the way the soldiers treated them the way the sergeant treated them you know essentially Mm -hmm. it was just like humans are the monsters you know like and we see that sometimes in other zombie movies where we find out, oh my God, this virus was created because of me, or I made this, or I made that. Yeah. Um, because of some weird notion, some weird reason, or sometimes it's by accident. And then it's just like, well, then who's the real monsters? Is it them or is it humanity? And this one really mm-hmm. focused on that, where, yeah, like it wasn't just, yeah, you're right, like it wasn't a zombie movie, it was more about humanity more about morale like what's right what's wrong you know and i did like the fact that the humans were kind of seen as the monsters you know they were the monsters you had more sympathy for you know the hungries than the humans you're like oh i hope they survive it was more like damn i hope melly survives you know the whole time that's i thought that was cool 
Same, same here. I that was what I was rooting for the whole movie. I was like, man, I hope this little black girl make it. <laughs> so I was thinking for the entire film. I was, a part of me was like, I don't even care who else makes it. I just hope she makes it because it, 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 you know, obviously you can make the comparisons of real life of how like you know one group of people could treat somebody as a monster versus the other, and then you're finding the humanity and the quote unquote monster, and kind of realizing, oh, we're not very different at all because this film. Uh, as a story, it could have been very different, right? Like, it could have very easily been like, well, we realize that these children have somewhat of an immunity to the situation. How do we then gain some of that immunity so we can now live in this world that zombies mostly inhabit or hungry is mostly inhabit? Like, that could have been one of the solutions. But the mm-hmm. immediate solution was more of, well, how do we just eradicate all of these things entirely, even if this means we have to eradicate the children that have an immunity to it? And that that's like, okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, like if if you don't have the if you if you don't have the Melanie who was like the in between and walking between both worlds, then it's easy to have the discussion of we need to wipe out all the zombies. But without with her, you're like, no, we may need to rethink the strategy. Like how how do we make this work? Mm-hmm. And I, and I love that. I love that about this story. I, I could talk about that forever. No, yeah, it's true. If Even you, like if you were in. No, go ahead. No, what were you going to say? No, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No. <laughs> no, I was going to say that um, back in the base, when the doctor asks Melanie to give her a number between 1 and 100, and mm-hmm. she gives her a number, and then all of a sudden, that kid is missing. You know, that alone, yeah. you're just like, wait, what's going on? And then she gets curious about it, because she's just like, what happened to him? Are they coming back? What happened to this? What happened to that? And then when the doctor asks Melanie again, choose a number between this and that, she quickly chooses her own number. Because at that moment, she's curious to see, like, what happened to my friend? Where is he? And then she finds out the truth of what's really happening behind the scenes. Oh, I didn't even catch that she chose her own number. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that is, I didn't even catch that. That is smart. Because that kind of shows the beginning of how curious she really is about everything around her. Because she really wanted to know what happened. Nobody was giving her answers, you know, of what happened to that yeah. kid. Like, where is he? What happened to him? Is he coming back? Is he going to join us tomorrow? Blah, blah. And then when she's in, she's <laughs> in the laboratory, you see his brain in a jar. And that's yeah. when she also gets a sense of like, okay, now I know what's going on. I see now. Yeah. I got to ask you, if you were in the same scenario, like if you were in Melanie's situation where you could essentially end this version of humanity or save it, what would you have chose? I don't know. I think I'll probably just end it. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just be like, uh, we're all going to die, so let's just get it over with. Let's just end it all. Um, (laughs) That's probably me. I'm like that. Sorry. That's just me. <laughs> I will never forget about it. Um, but that's what I would do. I would be like, I wouldn't know what to do with that instant. I'd be like, ah, eh, eh. <laughs> I'll be freaking out. It's like, I choose, I choose death. Just give me death. <laughs> um, and what, you would choose to wipe everybody out? And... Yeah. Or you would, ch- oh, okay. 
Yeah, I, th- I think I would probably do the same thing. <laughs> I think I would do the exact same thing. I would have made the exact same decision that Melanie made, like especially considering the thought process that she took to arrive there. But she's like, hey, um, so I'm actually alive. She's like, yeah, you're, you're actually alive. You just have somehow your body is working with this this fungus inside of it. I'd have been like, okay, cool. And I just wiped everybody out. <laughs> because even, even honestly, even the way she did it was somewhat sympathetic. She locked the people that she wanted to save inside. She was like, you got to stay here. Don't leave. And then she did it. And then unfortunately, you know, the sergeant went out behind her and he ended up infected and she granted his wish of wanting to die. She was like, okay. So it was a very sympathetic ending. And she left the teacher in there. And yeah, the, the, the scientist, of course, gets eaten by all of the kids. But, you know, she it is what it is. She <laughs> she, she went on her way out anyway. She deserved yeah, that. She I was just like, oh, this was beautiful. Yeah, eat her. She was <laughs> terrible. Yeah, she's killed enough kids, and she, uh, her dying of, of, of uh, infection wasn't enough. So they were like, now nah, we need to end this. But uh, I would have made the same decision. She, and uh, I know in the – after I remember when I first saw the film, in the ending – Remember, she's showing the kids. The teacher is locked inside of the chamber because she can't come out. Mm-hmm. And she she's essentially invited all of the kids to class. So you see all of the kids who live in that city. And then you also see the kids from the beginning who wear the outfits like her. Mm-hmm. They're all there. And they're pre- pretty much showing up for their first day of class. Um, I remember I was like, oh, that's really, I really thought that was a really interesting ending. So I went and looked up and did, did a little research. And apparently the book ends like that. But the book also has like a um, an extra chapter. That kind of explained a little bit of like what the world was becoming in a few years. So mm-hmm. like uh, I, I could probably send it to you later and you could read it. But it, it, this extra chapter kind of explains like it jumps a few years in the future. And it's like, hey, those same kids are starting to grow up. And they're basically starting to just like live life as we live life now. Like they're growing up, falling in love with each other, getting older, having kids of their own. Same with Melanie. She pretty much, you know, she pretty much humanized them by teaching them how to like communicate and all that stuff. And then they're essentially regrowing civilization. And I was like, that's really beautiful. Like, that's really, that's why I think that's why I took the, I looked at it so much as human evolution versus just her dominating society. And I thought that was really cool. That's a really, it's a really, it was like an extra chapter in a book or something that's like online that you can read. That is pretty cool. It's really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, my question, though, for you is, do you feel the story Melanie wrote in the very beginning of the movie foreshadowed the ending? Yes. Okay, I yes. think so, too. The first time I saw the movie, I did not get that. The second time, I was just like, this is just like the story she wrote, where she was just like, yeah. you with me forever. And I was just like, oh, my <laughs> God, it's literally the story she wrote, where she kept Helen with her forever. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't catch that either the first time. I didn't think. I like. I thought it was a really nice story, and then clearly it was the teacher was very emotional during the story. From watching in that scene, mm-hmm. I didn't think much of how it connected to the end until this time around, and I was like, "Oh, okay, that's a that's a really cute way of going about it." And even like, I think near the a little bit later in the film, they kind of mentioned the story briefly again, and she's like. Oh, you, but oh yeah. After after the base attack, mm-hmm. the teacher is like, "Oh, but you saved me." She's like, "Yes, but I'm the monster. Like I wasn't the monster in the story I told you." And I was like, "Oh, oh wow, that's really sad." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because she was mm-hmm. just like, in my story, 
my character doesn't eat people. She doesn't eat anybody. Yeah. Man, so sad. It is crazy. I mean, it's not crazy in a bad way. It's just like so fascinating because <laughs> it just makes you think. Yeah, probably way more than normal for this kind of genre. Mm-hmm. It's like, um, what can I compare this to? <clears throat> it's like The Shining. Like, The Shining is not really declared a horror movie by some people. It's just called the supernatural, suspenseful, or just a dramatic film. Yeah. And people have always labeled Shining as like a new wave of horror telling because it was so different. It wasn't like any like ghost stories ahead of its time. So I guess in a way, this is kind of like that too. The Girl with All the Gifts. It's not a typical zombie movie. It's not a typical scary movie. There are mm-hmm. no scares. There are no jumps. You know, it's, it's just a drama movie about survival. That's literally what it's about. Yeah, I love it. I guess my last question before we get up out of here. Um, the the endings, we already said the endings are pretty similar to the book. The end of the movie is pretty similar. The only slight difference really is that like uh, the teacher, instead of being locked in a box and like in the film, in the movie, she's more so like in a hazmat suit so she can kind of freely interact with the kids and kind of, you know, interact with them a lot more freely as she kind of always wanted to. Which mm-hmm. do you do you think that one is kind of a happier position versus the box or do you kind of view it the ending the same way? I think it's more happier because I think also in the book, like she also felt more content because she was able to touch them. I mean, not literally, but she was able mm-hmm. to interact with them without any like you know, hazards. While in this one, yeah. in this in the movie, you see Helen crying because yeah. of her fate. She's stuck in that. You know? Like, yes, yeah, she loves Melanie, but I'm sure that's not how she wants the rest of her life to be. Cooped up in a box because she can't yeah. get out because she might get infected and become one of them. You know? Like... So yeah, I think the book version is definitely more happier and content versus the movie ending. Yeah, I agree. The uh, the definitely the tear that she shows when she wakes up kind of paints the whole picture, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you're like, well, she clearly not too happy about this. Like she she's still teaching the kids, so it wasn't like Melanie forced her to teach the kids. She very clearly still wanted to do that, but I think it was probably the lack of everything else. Like you can't even take a walk without possibly being affected and turning into hungry, so that has to suck. Yeah. And it's just like, it's just crazy. Because, like, again, the first time I saw the movie, I did not get the ending fully, and then rewatching it, I was just like, wow, they really foreshadowed this when she said the story that she wrote about the girl. Yeah. And I forgot what it was. It was some, yeah, I think it was a teacher or princess that she found that she kept it with her yeah. forever. And I was just like, wow, this is literally her story. She lived out her story. <laughs> Actually, you know, I want to ask you one more thing because it's mm-hmm. just kind of on my mind. Uh, we know, in the book, you know, we mentioned how Melanie is white and the teacher is black. Does that, would that, kind of, does that swap? Do you think it like changes the way you look at the characters, changes the way you would look at the film if like Melanie would have been white and the teacher was black? I think it definitely changed it because um, 
you know, we, we kind of know now, well, we always knew that and part of an unfortunate history that white people do see people of color as some mystical being that they feel like we have some special blood, special DNA or something that we're magical. And they did use to experiment, you know? Yeah. And I feel like this does make the movie different, especially since she does what she does in the ending. She turns the world and her vision, how she feels the world should be like in a way of like, I'm free. I am free. I'm liberated. I'm no longer part of the society. I'm free. And I feel like it definitely did change the narrative versus if if they kept it the way it was, you know, like a white little girl and a black teacher, it would be different. Yeah, I'm I'm going to be honest. I don't think I'd have been rude for that little girl if she was white. (laughs) Yeah, me too. I'd have been like, like, I I, I care about children equally. That part doesn't change, but... I definitely would have looked at it differently. We've had so many films where the lead is white. At some point, you just kind of go, all right, man, we get it. Like, you get the world that you want every time, every day. Like, do we really need to see you win again? Especially with the teacher being black. I'd be like, yeah, of course the teacher's black. She's super empathetic. She cares about this little girl far more than anyone else does. Of course she's black. You know, black people, we just, well, I would say good people in general, but especially people of color. We have, a, in my opinion, a next level, a next level, and, de- and empathy that we're willing to give people because, you know, we have a full understanding of, like, different types of oppression as it happened throughout history, whether it was in your people or the others. It's just it's proven we have more empathy. So I definitely would have felt entirely differently. I'd have been looking at the teacher very differently as well, too. I'd have been like, man, if she had been trapped in that box at the end and there would have been a white girl out there walking around, I'd have been like, come on, man. <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely, yeah. It would have been, it, this whole would have been a whole different conversation. It would have been very controversial. It would have been a whole different can of worms being opened if that was the case so i'm actually glad they changed it in the movie because yeah i feel like it did change it especially the ending because yeah she basically liberated the world in a sense where she was just like it's it's she even told the soldier you know before he died he was just like what have you done to the world and she was just like i've done nothing it's not your world anymore it's yep. not yours anymore. I love when she said that because, yeah, this is a whole new world now, you know, where hundreds are no longer being hunted for their spinal cords, their brains. They're no longer being experimented, just free to do whatever the hell they want to do. And yeah, it, was a, it was a beautiful poetic bow. Yeah. So it, it definitely changed the narrative of the movie. It, it did. And I loved it for that. Yep, same here. All right, we held you guys long enough. It's time to get up out of here. We love talking about this movie. I'm sure we can keep talking about this movie, but you know, we got more to do in the future. (laughs) Yeah, for real. (laughs) We got tons more coming your way. So, as always, it's a pleasure talking about awesome horror movies with you, Jackie. And uh, I'm going to say bye to the folks, and you can say your last word before we get up out of here. Wee-oo! Ghost goodbye. (laughs) It goes goodbye every week. All right, guys. (laughs) Have a good one. Thank you for listening to this episode of Terra Nova. Have a good one.